Journey to Real Vision, Know Your Worth series, podcast number 105, February 2023, episode, Knowing Your Brand and Tapping into Your Worth. For this month's podcast, I wanted to discuss knowing your brand and tapping into your worth. The main factor that everyone wants to experience is having a meaningful life. From finding out who you are and taking charge of your life to appreciating your truth and knowing that you're good enough. If you're feeling lost or stuck in your life right now, it's time that you begin your self-discovery journey. And it starts right now, and it's going to require you to dig deep and uncover what your purpose in life is. And we're going to divide this podcast into four parts. The first part is going to be building a personal brand and figuring out who you are. Two, a sense of empowerment. It's about taking charge of your life. Three, tackling imposter syndrome valuing your authenticity, and four, tapping into your self-worth. It's about knowing that you are good enough. And today I have the honor and privilege to have two very amazing women join me as my co-hosts, Angela Stilwell and Liza Hibbler. So hello, Angela. If you want to say a few words about what you do and say hello to our listeners. Sure. Hi, Liza. How are you? Good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. So I am Angela W. Stillwell, and I am the founder of Untapped Strengths, and I do transformational coaching, leadership coaching. I work in both the corporate environment and the entrepreneurial environment. And I tackle the leadership aspect from a different perspective. I, I really dig in from the personal leadership. Yes, I do leadership for teams and that sort of thing, but it all has built on my history and, you know, the, the life, we'll say life challenges that I've been through. Um, Mm. and those have been huge and numerous over the years (laughs) and can relate to that. (laughs) Yes. Well, most, most people can, right. Most people can. And so often people feel like they're alone in that. And they just keep finding themselves in that cycle over and over and over. And when I went through my divorce about 10 years ago, I really, I had already been doing a lot of personal development, but I really dug into the journey of personal development and Mm -hmm. what I wanted the second half of my life to look like and have spent a lot of money (laughs) and time going through different programs and courses and certifications Mm -hmm. and, you know, did all of that with the goal in mind of being able to help others to not fall into some of the same traps that I did. So I'm excited to be here with you ladies talking about the, you know, knowing your brand. It's it's so important to know your brand and it's so much more than what people think that means. Mm-hmm. And then tapping into your worth because, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy is people saying, charge your worth. And we can get into that more. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can't, yes. you, can't, you can't charge your worth. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and, and that's a good lead in because yep. my business is the self-discovery phase. So I work more individualized with people um, and helping them know their worth because I spent 40 years in corporate America. Um, which is crazy. Every time I say that, I just, my eyes like get ready to explode. Lot. It's a long time. Yeah. A lot of, lot of experience and you can relate to people. Mm-hmm. And knowing your worth is so vital because 
I can tell you right now, almost every single person I coach really don't, they don't understand their worth. Mm -hmm. They think their worth is what other people tell them. Mm -hmm. And that's what's unfortunate. And we'll get into that. But let's welcome Liza. Hello, Liza. Hi. You look wonderful today. Oh, thanks. (laughs) My soft pink sweater (laughs) makes me happy. Um, (laughs) ah, I, this is, this topic is so great, especially when I kind of know what's coming up a little bit because, um, you know, a lot of what you were talking about is finding your purpose. And I feel like, I feel like you know, I'm 43 and I feel like I actually kind of know the like heady idea of what my purpose is, but kind of following how that shows up in my life is a journey. Mm-hmm. And so what it looks like and what it has looked like, and it kind of comes out as the like, what do you do? Right. So I'll answer the, what do you do question? So part of it is finding how my purpose shows up. And, um, I've been, a photographer for a long time, and I've been a brand photographer for a long time, and that's, that's how, how we Chris met. and I met. Yes, because Chris is one of my clients, and I think a lot of that finding your purpose. One of the reasons I really love to work with brands and personal brands is I love when people start to find their purpose, and mm-hmm. I can use my creative gift to kind of help them get their purpose out there, get their face out there, and make yes. them feel like okay, I look professional, <laughs> and I look like me, you know. And you're a fantastic photographer. Thank you very much. And then just in some of that, I'm an Enneagram teacher in training because I feel like the Enneagram is uh, a beautiful tool to find out where we are and kind of create a roadmap for where we want to get to. And um, I'm launching a podcast next week. Probably by the time this goes live, it will be out and so much. It's called Create Beautifully. And that is really about creating beautifully in every area of your life, creating intention, following, you know where you're, where you're supposed to be uncovering your true self, you know? And I think, I mean, I think that's it for now. Normally it's a really long list of things because that's still beautiful. (laughs) I love create beautifully. I love that you're doing a podcast too. Um, And I think what's wonderful is all three of us are kind of in the same area, but we're all distinct and different in different ways. And I think that's, what's going to be so beautiful about our conversation today. But for the listeners, I want you to let the information that you're going to hear today really sink in. I want you to learn from it. I want you to build from it and know that there are people like Liza, Angela, and myself that are here to support and guide you. Mm -hmm. So let's move into this first section, which is building a personal brand. Um, And I really wanted to start it off with this because it is very important and kind of figuring out who you are. So Liza, I'm going to start with you. You know, what do you think personal branding, why is it so important? I mean, how does he, how do you think it allows someone to express their value? I mean, a personal brand, you know, when you're, when you've, you've got a business or a service or, you know, whatever it is that you offer to the world, the personal brand gives you an opportunity to relate to people, not only through your values, but just through like who you are and what lights you up in the world and your interests. And I think it's just really important to share those things. Like, like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm not going to tell people about my weird chess collection (laughs) or whatever it is. Like (laughs) they're going to think it's weird and, and they won't want to work with me. But what you're going to find is when you start to share and you allow more of the personal to come through is you start to find your group. You start to find the people who are like, oh, me too. Oh, I feel like, oh, I have kids or I don't have kids or I want kids or I never want kids ever. <laughs> um, you know, whatever, like whatever it is, you start to find that group. And mm-hmm. for me, it's so important that we feel a sense of belonging because when we feel a sense of belonging, 
then we feel the sense of permission that we need to share our authentic selves more and more and more. So it's kind of this cycle of like sharing a little bit, realizing that there are other people like you feeling Mm -hmm. like you belong Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, so maybe if I share some more, I'll still belong. Mm -hmm. And then the personal gets to come out. And then that's when it doesn't feel like you're working. That's when it feels like what you're, that you're just serving the world and that you really were given these gifts and talents to just, you know, swim downstream instead Mm -hmm. of swimming upstream. 100% agree. You know, you said something that I want to hone in on is authenticity, Mm -hmm. because I think that really is the key to personal branding. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, when I, you know, I talk to people, I want people to meet the real you, not someone else. Yeah. You know, and I think that's so important. And one of the things that I do with every brand new client that comes to me is I have them understand their strengths and their core values, Mm. what you're good at, what you stand for. And that really, to me, is the foundation for knowing your worth, because I can tell you almost nobody knows their strengths, knows their core values, and knows what they stand for. And I think that's so important because you can always go back to them. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's struggling in life, go back. You know, I talk about, you know, my strengths and core values. I put sticky notes right on my computer. I look at them every day. Yeah. And I think it really also defines like your genuine intentions, what Mm -hmm. you intend to do in life. Mm -hmm. And I really think it builds trust as well. Um, Angela, what do you think? I agree. It's a, it's a yes. And for me, it's, it's Mm -hmm. um, the, the authenticity is definitely key. And I want to, I want to drive home a little more what Liza was talking about when she shared about, you know, do, do I share about my, weird chess collection. It (laughs) reminded me of um, James Altucher. And I don't know if either of you have ever followed James, but he, Uh he is this phenom. He's this incredible guy. He's written several books. He's had this crazy career and he is so authentic. And the other piece is vulnerable. He's Mm. so vulnerable. And he plays chess is one of his hobbies and he started competing. Mm. And that's what made me think about him when you were saying that, because he puts himself out there. He shares everything, all, he, not all of his dirty laundry, but he shares, you know, he went through a marriage and went through a divorce and, you know, his ups and downs and being fired from doing this big HBO project and, and oh, that wow. sort of thing, you know, so he's, he's very open about, um, you know, what's happening in his life. And so people, people relate to him mm-hmm. because he is so authentic and he's so vulnerable. And it's in that, it's at that place of vulnerability. Cause I, I, I make the argument all the time. People can be mm-hmm. authentic and not be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it's yes. that vulnerability where that deepest connection is made. That's so true. And People use the the terms B2B, business to business, or B2C, business to consumer. And I argue it's all P2P, people mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're working on your personal brand, it's that that people attach to. They're looking for a solution to their problem, yes, and they want to attach to the person behind it. We're not Charmin toilet paper. 
you know, we're not we're not the right. commodity <laughs> out there. <laughs> Love that you know, it, it, Bad we, on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> we we attach to certain people. Yes. To get to that next layer, right? We we attach to certain people when we have higher aspirations in life. We attach to certain people and their companies based on you know, the story of their life. Yes, there's, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos behind Amazon. You know, w- how many of us really like Jeff Bezos? Mm. Uh, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, he, he lives into his personal brand. He, he does his thing and he's unapologetic about it. So whether you like him or not, Elon Musk, another one, whether you like him or not, he's living into his personal brand and he puts himself out there as a personal brand. And they, you know, he's built up a a massive following, whether you like him or not. Same thing mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Celine Dion. Same thing with, you know, Beyonce. Same thing with, think about the the people who are out there that people really see themselves through the person not just the product. Yeah. And that's yeah. where that deepest connection is made. That's why I said we're not Charmin toilet paper. We don't yeah. we we connect with Charmin because we like how it feels or don't like how it feels, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a person behind it. There's just bears in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> just bears in the bears woods. In the woods. <laughs> Chris, I think too before like we kind of jump when you were talking about values and this is just kind of a practical piece when you know your values, you can also make business decisions. Oh, absolutely. It really just helps you say yes to clients, no to clients, yes to your boundaries around your business. You know, there's a lot in there. You know, mm-hmm. when you don't understand those, it can get really wishy-washy and you can start to get resentful inside of it, you know? Absolutely. You know, one yeah. of the things for me is um, talk about being vulnerable. So I, I wrote three books um, and I was very raw and vulnerable in there. But the wonderful thing about that was it helped me heal. Yeah. in a lot of places in my life. And I think that's what makes me relatable with a lot of my clients as well. That's why knowing your worth is so important to me because it took me a long time to recognize my own worth and to be authentic and say, hey, it's okay if you're not in a good place in your life right now. You're going to work to maximize your potential. You're going to work to become a better version of yourself. And that's why I think people like us that can help support encourage and guide others to be authentic, to be vulnerable. That's what really is going to help people, you know, just really kind of blossom in life. The other thing is with the strengths and core values, I want to touch upon something else I do with clients. I think is really, really important is, you know, in corporate America, everybody sets smart goals and I'm not a hundred percent fan of goals per se, Mm -hmm. Because I think they mean end and they're usually too far out, Mm -hmm. especially in companies. And they don't really center around the person themselves, right? So I have people create intentions when they work with me. Mm. What do you want to create in your life? And this really leads into the branding. Like they're beginning to understand themselves. They're beginning to know, hey, I know my strengths, I know my core values. And now I'm excited about where my life can go. And I don't think there's anything more rewarding than watching that, to tell you the truth. For sure. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go into the second area. This is a sense of empowerment. And this is really taking charge of your life. And 
I actually love the word empowerment, to tell you the truth. I think it's a great word. It just means so much. But Angela, let's start with you. You know, mm-hmm. from a corporate background, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, how are you seeing leaders empower employees, you know, and helping them take ownership of what they do? And, and how can they do more in your eyes? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> often it's a sense of disempowerment that they're giving them. <laughs> mm, agree. <laughs> That's part of the issue today is that sense of disempowerment. Mm. And I think that um, one of the things that leaders get to do more of is that authenticity and vulnerability piece is huge. Allowing their team to be authentic and be Mm -hmm. vulnerable, themselves being authentic and being vulnerable is huge. And when you look at the people who are stepping into their own personal leadership, and this is this is where I differentiate between title and role. Okay. So a person can step into a leadership role without the title. Mm-hmm. And when managers, and if you guys could see me, I'm doing air quotes around that. When managers <laughs> or you know, the C-suite, there's air quotes around that too. Mm-hmm. When when they truly give someone the opportunity to step into their own personal leadership as opposed to squashing that every time someone speaks up, Mm. then you allow the members of that team to become empowered. When you promote them forward, not necessarily in title, but ideas, promote their ideas and, and give ideas the rightful owner instead of taking ownership of Mm -hmm. those ideas, give the ownership to the person on the team when you're, when you're pushing that idea forward, right? There's so many different things that, again, the air quote leaders, right, could be doing to empower their teams. And so often this goes back to the values piece. When people don't value themselves and they don't mm-hmm. understand their own value. People say they understand yeah. their values, but then when you look at how they're living, they're not yeah. living into those values. Right. And when when there's that that disconnect, then people get so protective of their own domain mm-hmm. that it becomes like they're standing in this little castle shooting arrows out over the moat to keep anyone from coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And what leaders get to do is come down from the top of the castle, open the gate, put the bridge over the moat, and allow that two-way communication. And at that point, there's empowerment. Mm-hmm. The truly effective leaders are doing that. They're doing that. They're allowing for the two-way communication. They're allowing for people to take courses that will enhance them. One of the biggest things that's going on right now is a skill deficit. And there was a a conference last week, week before last, I can't remember the name of the conference. And one of the things that they were talking about, one of the largest companies in the world, I think it was HBSC that was saying this, and don't hold me to that. I don't remember exactly who it was, but they were saying that they know there's a huge skills deficit 
And they're never going to close that skills deficit gap because technology and everything is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. So the way that they're going to overcome that, or the only way that anyone can overcome that is by empowering your teams, empowering your people and giving them the space and time and authority to go out and learn, to go out and expand, to go out and step into their own and speak to them from a P2P, people-to-people standpoint, mm-hmm. as opposed to the business bottom line standpoint. You know, I can relate to this 100% because, you know, I spent like the last, I'd say 15 to 18 years in management, senior management, and saw this firsthand, you know, the lack of, I love how you said air quotes with managers. I think the biggest problem is, you know, there's a lot of leaders in corporations that don't value their worth themselves. Oh yeah. So it's very hard for them to lead Mm -hmm. because there was um, an article I read this morning. I was watching it. I I get these clips in every day from different coaching sites and it was talking about coaching and corporate America. And Angela, I would love to get your thoughts on this, but they were talking about the number one misconception is, you know, coaching is not valued in a workplace and it should be because as coaches, we know how to work with individuals. We know how to help them feel empowered at the same time, working with the leaders as well. I don't work with, from a leader perspective, but I work from an individual, you know, worker B most leaders don't realize they think they need to micromanage. And I saw this so much in corporate America. They think they have to tell people what to do Mm. or tell people the, the person that they're supposed to be. You need to be this type of person in order to get ahead in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Instead of encouraging them to learn, encouraging them to grow, Mm -hmm. they think they have to teach them something. And there's a big difference between helping them learn and then trying to teach them something that they don't understand themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that, Angela? You know, I, I absolutely agree. And A big part of that, Chris, is that when you look at how people are promoted into these, again, air quote, Mm -hmm. leadership roles, manager roles, it's usually whoever is performing best Mm -hmm. in that department. The top sales guy gets promoted into sales VP. Mm -hmm. Well, just because they're a good salesperson doesn't mean that they have the skills to step into that leadership role. Yes. And- When corporations, small businesses, whatever, if they're not providing the assets to Mm -hmm. train that person and give that person the skills, both in understanding their own personal value and Mm -hmm. helping build their confidence Mm. in stepping into that role, because that's a huge thing. People don't have that confidence to step in. And so then they overcompensate and they want to create mini me's. And creating a mini me is not managing. That's like you said, micromanaging. Yep. And actually, there's a lot of coaches out there doing that same thing. They're trying to create mini me's, and yep. it's it's so important that when people are looking at who they're going to promote, and you know, um, what's his name, Gruber, who wrote uh, the E Myth, talking about the entrepreneurial yep. myth. It's the same thing. He talks about they start these businesses because they have a certain skill and ultimately so many of the entrepreneurial ventures fail 
because they were good at that skill, but not good at running a business. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing happening in the corporate world when people are good at sales. And I keep using sales as an example because that's one of the easiest ones to you know fall back on. They promote a person who's really good at sales into a leadership role because they were good at sales without mm-hmm. giving them the skills and tools to truly lead. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those are not one and the same. Those are different. Very different. They're different. And oftentimes they dangle this carrot of leadership in front of someone with the idea of promotion, with the idea of more money, with the idea of whatever, without the idea of actually expanding. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100% and true. That's the key. Is that expansion aspect? Well, it is. I mean, you know, the last company that I worked with that I just retired from in October, they had the intranet, which was our own internal yeah. internet. Mm-hmm. And you could sign up for all these different courses, but they were courses that not your everyday person could take. They were specialized. Mm-hmm. What if they offered a course on knowing your worth mm-hmm. or offered a course on creating more confidence? Yeah. You know, I've been working with a couple of companies recently January, um, I did a podcast with recruiting company and they're starting to really embrace this idea of coaching because they've realized that they can't do it, mm-hmm. that they need someone to come in and help them grow and learn as much. But can you imagine, I mean, you know, Angela, if you working in a corporation, you know, if they offered these type of courses, you know, how would that change the face of corporate America? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, and I, you, you talked about the confidence piece and One of the things that drives me nuts is people think that you can just teach confidence. Mm, And it's it's more than just teaching confidence. First of all, in in an environment like what we're talking about, in the corporate environment, if you're not giving people the space to be courageous, they're never going to build their confidence. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things that I talk about with my clients and in my workshops and stuff is that confidence doesn't start with confidence. It starts with courage. And then mm-hmm. a commitment to be courageous and then mm-hmm. consistently being courageous. Mm-hmm. And when you're consistently courageous and you're getting the results, then confidence comes. Mm-hmm. You don't start with confidence. Right. Yeah. 100% agree. Liza, from your aspect, why do you think people feel powerless you know, in their lives? And why do you think they're held back? I mean, we're, we're held back by fears, a lot of fears. Right. There's a lot of people, I hear it in coaching all the time, I feel stuck. I feel lost in my life. Yeah, They struggle, especially now with there's such, so many massive layoffs that are going on right now, which is insane to yeah. me. You know, they hear the word recession, people freak out, and they're not focusing on the positive. They're focusing on the negative. You know, what do you think is holding them back from having a better life? I mean, this is like, this could be like a 20-hour discussion. Yes, I know. goes <laughs> <laughs> um, so many different ways. I, the thing, I think the way I'm going to go is something that I realized recently around worth, because mm-hmm. it was hard for me to honestly grasp worth. Like when people would share on Instagram, like you're worthy, you are worthy and like a pretty font, I would just be like, that's cool. Like I couldn't feel a connection to it. And I was like, why, why don't I understand? It, it was kind of this like conceptual heady thing for me, just saying like, know your worth, feel your worth, you're worthy. And it was recently where I was doing some, someone's like online challenge in like an area that I wanted to work on. I was like, I'll do this. And, you know, we were kind of asked to do some self-reflection. And I think 
for me, and I haven't asked enough people to know if this is how universal this is, but I'm sure plenty of people relate to it. I think worthy, at least for me, and probably a lot of people, comes down to what am I allowed? Like, what am I allowed? What am I allowed to claim about myself? What strengths am I allowed to claim and lean into? What am I allowed to want from a job? What am I allowed to ask for? What am I, what income am I allowed to have and still feel like I'm a good person mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? And I, I just think, I, I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, obviously comes from our past and the messages we received from parents, teachers, mm-hmm. society, from whatever our station in life is, you know, we've come to believe that we're kind of allowed the things at that level, but we're not allowed more than that. Okay. And so really just kind of like moving into like, what am I, what if I'm allowed to have that? What if I'm allowed to not be afraid? What if I'm allowed to leave corporate mm-hmm. and start something else? Can I claim that? And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think just really feeling like it's not for me. I can't have it. Other people can, but I can't. And I think that's where people really get stuck and just feeling powerless because it's almost like they've put the authority outside themselves. Someone else will decide if I'm allowed to have that. Mm -hmm. God will decide if I'm allowed to have that. My boss will decide if I'm allowed to have that. And when we put it on someone else, of course, we're powerless. We're just like why won't anyone let this happen? Why can't I have it? Because we've given away all of our power to claim and receive something at a higher level. It's very true. You know, especially, you know, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome next, yes. which yeah. I think really correlates. This is all kind of flowing together, Yeah. but a lot of people suffer from that in corporate America. But for me, when I work with clients and I love what you said, allowed myself to claim something about myself because there are two forms of self that I talk about with people with worth. And they're the two A's, self-acceptance, accepting yourself for where you are right now in your life and accepting yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't try to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. You are made to be, you're a magnificent creation. You Mm -hmm. were created for a purpose Everybody has a gift to give Mm -hmm. in the world. We just have to find it. And the other A is awareness. Mm -hmm. Being more aware of what your strengths are, being more aware of what your passions are, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're excited about. And when I help people create these intentions, it always goes back to worth. But I will tell you, one of the biggest things that comes out of that is when people start focusing on what they want in their life, Mm -hmm. guess what automatically pops out? all the limiting beliefs. Oh, for sure. Fear of failure. Yeah. Fear of, you know, there's this fear mm-hmm. of not being perfect enough. Oh yeah. You know, and these all come out naturally because we're not taught to focus on ourselves and put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And we should be our first priority. Yeah. You know, Angela, what do you think? Yeah, I think and particularly for women, we um we were raised to not be boastful, not be, not to put ourselves out there, not Mm -hmm. to, you know, good girls do this, Mm -hmm. good girls don't do that. Mm -hmm. And even today you see that in a lot of places and it's not totally rebelling against being a little girl. It's rebelling against what is that definition of good girl? And I'm reminded as Mm -hmm. I say that of the Mm -hmm. bumper sticker, good girls 
rarely make history. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. And mm-hmm. when you think about, you know, that that place that we're put into, you know, look pretty, don't be loud, mm-hmm. don't be too this, don't be too mm-hmm. that, don't be yeah. too blah, 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 blah. And always give, always <laughs> be aware of other people's yep. needs. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, so it, it, there's this disconnect that's that's been going on since the beginning of time. It's not anything new. And then there are women who have broken that mold. Yeah. And you know, there there's there's a price to breaking the mold, mm. right? There there absolutely is a price to breaking the mold. Mm. And that's okay. That's part of the when I was talking about the confidence thing, there's the courage piece. Right. There's the commitment piece and there's the consistency piece long before there's the confidence piece. And it's the same thing with this. It's you you get to have the courage to go after what your worth and value is, to mm. to dive into seeing what that is. Because when you're told over and over and over again, you're too loud, you're too busy, you're too selfish, yeah. you're too... There's one idea of being selfish that is a negative, and then there's another idea of being selfish that's a positive. You get the positive when you're on an airplane and they say, put your own oxygen mask on Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. before you put it on anyone else. Mm -hmm. One of the phrases that I use with my clients is, you know, people talk about keeping their cup full. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, keep your cup overflowing. Keep your Mm. own cup full, but keep it overflowing. Serve others from the saucer. Don't serve from your cup. Oh, I love that. Anytime that your cup is depleted, you are depleted. Mm -hmm. Serve from the saucer. 100% agree. You know, we're we're moving to a third area, which is imposter syndrome. But I wanted to touch upon something you said, and this is something I faced in corporate America for years. I worked primarily around men. Mm-hmm. And I'm not turning this into a men versus woman, but this is a very important thing. Cause when you were saying you're too loud, you know, for years, the term I was called a ball buster mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. And I was not promoted because mm. I was the one that would speak up in meetings. I was the one that was coming forth with ideas. I was the one that, you know, was showing the leadership skills and they were also, you're too moxie. Mm. You know, you have a big mouth. And, you know, and for probably 10 years, I didn't let my worth stand out. I kind of, kind of sat back and said, oh my God, all these people are coming at me. And I think that happens a lot, but I think you're right, Angela. I think the mold is is starting to be broken. I think more and more women are being more accepted, but it also stems from me personally at that time, didn't value my own worth. Yeah. I allowed somebody, yep. I allowed somebody to extinguish it. And then I didn't realize until much later, like, no, you know, I'm smart. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm good at what I do. And you're going to respect me because I respect myself. So let's go. This is a great lead into imposter syndrome. So, Liza, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. You know, why do you think people struggle with imposter syndrome? And I kind of want to throw perfectionism in here as mm-hmm. well and how it plays a part. Um, I mean, just especially nowadays, and on, honestly, even before like the internet, like the stories that make the news, the stories that make the magazines is everyone's highlight reel, right? Like we've all heard that phrase, like online, we just see everyone's highlight reel. 
And it's a lack of kind of like Angela was talking about, not only is a lack of vulnerability, it's a lack of sharing vulnerably. It's a lack of sharing your vulnerability. So Mm -hmm. we only see people at the top of the mountain wearing, you know, their like cape and their like shield and they're like, I've made it to the top of the mountain. (laughs) And then you're just like, wow, like, look at all these people and all their stories are, are so great because they overcame all these struggles and they're at the top of the mountain. And it's like amazing. And so when we're at the bottom of the mountain or lost somewhere in the first third of the mountain, it's just like, uh, I think too, we want people to see us as top of the mountain people. And I think there's something in there around like, there's a bit of accepting to just like you were saying, self-acceptance and where yeah. are you? And it's like, I think imposter syndrome comes too when we want to be somewhere we're not. Yes. When we want to be ready for something we're not, when we want to charge something we shouldn't be charging yet, <laughs> which is a whole other uh, conversation. Um, but when we're just really comparing where we are to someone else, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, we're comparing our messy middle to someone's glorified top of the mountain. And we're not accepting where we are and we want people to see us other than where we are. And we try to, and it, and, and totally like people, you know, we can try to put up these smoke and mirrors Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, ignore the man behind the curtain, right? Like I'm the great and powerful Oz. And, and I think that's where it comes in. I mean, I think it just, just like you were saying, just not accepting where we are, being okay with where we are. And the thing is to remember too. And this is always talked about, especially in kind of like the online coaching community is you only have to be a few steps of the people behind you. Like you don't have to be at the top of the mountain to have value and to have worth. Mm -hmm. And you're only going to get, you're only going to gain more confidence. Like you were talking about taking that courageous action, walking up that mountain, right? Staying in the mountain at night with all the scary noises and all that yep. stuff, you know, you're there and you're and you're making the trek. And just like Angela was saying, you take that courageous action and you become more and more confident and you're walking up the mountain and then you're able, you know, to help even more and more people as you get up the mountain. But it's not that you're like agree. worthless if you're at the bottom right. or you're somewhere in the middle. It's just accepting it and saying, what can I do here? And everybody has a different journey. Everybody's Uh, in a different place in their life. Someone's on a river. Not everyone's on a mountain. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things that the reason why I want to talk about imposter syndrome is I suffered severely from it right before I retired. Mm. Because, you know, when you're in a coaching capacity and you're in a corporate environment that doesn't support it, it becomes very difficult to want to coach the way that you want to coach someone, right? So I really felt like a fraud in many ways. And I think that's a big aspect of imposter syndrome is people feel like they're phonies yeah, or they feel like they're a yeah. fraud in some way. Mm-hmm. So they overcompensate. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? Work 16 hour days yes, or beat themselves up because they don't think they're perfect enough. Yes, And they focus more on their limitations than they do on their strengths and core values. Mm-hmm. And Angela, yeah. I know from a corporate perspective. I mean, what have you seen, you know, especially with some of the leaders and, you know, what's been going on, you know, more in that corporate world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Studies have been shown that um, when a new role is put out for a new hire, men will apply for that role when they have maybe 50% of the qualities already. Mm -hmm. 
and they, they will apply for that role. Women, by far and large, will not apply unless they are 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Agree. Mm-hmm. So that imposter syndrome thing looks different. And, and you said this a minute ago, it looks different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. right. And the thing is, you know, you were talking, um, Liza, about people showing their highlight reel versus what I call the real life reel. Mm. And the thing is, nobody wants to see the beginnings. You know, mm-hmm. you, you look out, the only thing that is celebrated is the top of the mountain. Right. Lots of people are sharing their day-to-day stuff. Mm. Yes, there are people who are also mimicking, you know, posing in front of a Lamborghini that they see parked yeah. in a parking lot somewhere, <laughs> uh, you know, or so in front true. of the Prada store or whatever. Mm. Um, but yes, there are lots of people who are truly imposters and the people who have imposter syndrome. So often it's that they're they're not recognizing the other people who truly are sharing the journey right. along the way. Yeah. Yep. One of my mentors has been very open all along with her journey. And now she has a eight figure business and is pushing for a nine figure business. Mm. Nobody noticed her until she was big. Right. Right. So even though she has shared her journey all along the way, no one really pays her big attention until she's arrived, quote unquote. Right. So as a society, and this is not just the U.S., this is a worldwide phenomenon. Right. This is not just, this is human nature. We want to see the people, like you said, standing on the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Well, what we get to realize is that sometimes that mountain is the size of a pebble. Yeah. That pebble is a mountain to an ant, mm-hmm. right? And so the mountain size changes. Mount Kilimanjaro is a very different mountain than... Pine Mountain in Georgia, right? Right. They're still right. called a mountain. So we all have our own mountains that we're standing on. It may be that our mountain is just our background, our history, what we've already been through. And if you're here and you're breathing, doesn't matter what you're going through, you've already survived. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you've already been through a lot. Yeah. Yes. 100%. And People don't give themselves the credit yes. for that piece. Yes. They're looking forward. Right. And sometimes it's not about watching life through the rearview mirror. However, sometimes you do, if, you, if you're a great driver, there are times when you glance in that rearview mirror to see what's coming up behind you. If you're in traffic, you're continually glancing in that rearview mirror to see what's coming up behind you because that's part of your forward progress is glancing behind you. It's the same thing in life. Mm-hmm. It's not about staring into that rearview mirror, but glancing into it, just seeing what's behind, what's mm-hmm. back there, where am I going? And then continuing that path forward. You know, one of the things I want to add to that is, and I just actually wrote a post on this in LinkedIn, is to kind of hone in on what you just said, Angela, is I strongly encourage all of my clients to journal. Mm -hmm. Start journaling and writing down, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, what you're going through. You know, I I tell them, don't use this as a bitch session. 
(laughs) but use it as a tool because if you're ever in a moment where you're feeling imposter syndrome or you're feeling lost or you're feeling like you're not good enough, which is the last area we're going to talk about, you can look back weeks or even months and see how far you've come, see how far you've grown, see what you've learned. And it really does allow people to really embrace that moment that, oh my God, I am in a better place now. You know, what I'm going through is just something else for me to learn from. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what's so yeah. huge, especially journaling is such a beautiful tool for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful tool for us to discover even yeah. more about ourselves. Um, and this There's, is- Can I circle back? Yeah, to something absolutely. I was like thinking about something I said earlier and I was like, oh, I didn't want it to come across poorly. So when I was talking about like being on the mountain and how like, you know, the longer you're there and and basically get life experience. And I said, you know, like charge, you know, sometimes you actually don't get to charge like $20,000 a session. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the point was, the point was not, you're not worth $20,000. It was, you can't charge 20,000 and use that as a way to find your worth. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. External things are never going to give yes. you your worth. Yes. It's, you find it inside, Mm-mm. internal. Yes. It's, you know, that that's why self-discovery is so crucial. Right. So for this last section, it's about tapping into your self-worth. And a really big problem that I see with a lot of clients is that they don't think they're good enough, which really kind of leads to that low self-worth. So I'm going to ask one big general question, and then we'll just have a conversation about it. But you know, for you both, Liza and Angela, you know, why do you, in, in your experiences in dealing with people, you think they struggle with not feeling that they're good enough? And, you know, our society, why do we tend to believe more negative stories about ourselves than positive? So we'll start with you, Angela. How's that? Yeah. So there's a scientific reason about the negative versus the positive. When you look at neuroscience, your brain, your amygdala, the, you know, the, the, what people refer to as the lizard brain, the part of our brain that is the oldest part of our brain. Mm -hmm. It is the part that keeps us safe. It is the part that does the fight or flight freeze, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That part of your brain recognizes the negative at least nine times more than the positive because of the safety aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're out in the woods you're on one of those survival shows and you've been dropped into the woods and you have nothing and you know there are bears and lions and whatever. Not that there's a place where there are bears and lions in the same place, but that always drives me crazy when people say lions, tigers, and bears. I'm like, they're not all in the same continent. <laughs> Just in us. In us. That's where they are. <laughs> Just in us. Um, exactly. But you're you're in the woods somewhere and there's a big cat and a bear. Yeah. Um, and and whatever other creatures, snakes or whatever, and your primitive brain, your amygdala kicks in and it starts checking all around you from a survival standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now that is happening even when you're at home. Mm-hmm. It is still running back there. That is part of your subconscious brain and your subconscious brain's intent is to keep you safe. It's yep. not to make you successful. It is not to get you to a higher level. It is not for any of that. It is strictly to keep you safe. That mm-hmm. is its number one goal. It is about survival, period, end of story. It is not about thriving. It is about survival. And part of survival is being able to recognize the negative to protect yourself mm-hmm. at a higher level 
than recognizing the positive. So why you see that negative more often and why you believe that is because it gets repeated over and over and over in your brain. So if you're repeating something in your brain nine times, (laughs) you're going to write that neural pathway, which is going to make that thought and belief that much faster, at least nine times faster than any positive. Yeah. So when you're doing this and you're doing it on a subconscious level, Chris, when you were talking about the journaling, one of the things that is great for people to do is move into curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so when you're journaling, it's not just about, you know, dumping all of the crap out. Get really curious around why am I labeling this crap? Mm-hmm. Why is this stuff coming up? And what do I get to do about it? And so often people are asking, why is this happening to me? Why is it happening for me? Mm-hmm. How is it happening for me? What are the lessons in this? Where do I get to go from here? So the the negative versus the positive, it's science. And then we get to get curious around it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Very interesting, especially the nine times. Yeah, that's a lot of times. At it's least nine. <laughs> Yeah. No wonder people struggle yeah. with negativity, yeah. you know? I mean, what do you think, Liza? Uh, I mean, yes. So the thing that I would, you know, add on would just be, I mean, isn't it just nice when you meet someone who's humble and they don't brag and, you know, they're just, they're not arrogant, right? Like we're just always told that people are, the better people are, they're not arrogant. And they're humble and they don't go on and on about themselves. You know, it's like we've just been told, like, don't brag. Yeah. I I mean, I have my friends like, you know, we'll just we'll leave each other, you know, messages, just chatting or whatever. And someone will go to say something they're good at and they'll proceed it with. uh, This will probably sound like bragging or whatever. But like, you know, I'm really good at this. I'm like, why would you say that first? Yeah. Like, why do you have to? you know, put this disclaimer at the front, like, well, it's my bragging. It's like, what would happen if you just, like we talked about, like just owned, celebrate just your accomplishments it and celebrated yeah. it and, and moved into it. And I just think it's like, you know, a more pious person doesn't brag about themselves. And, and I think too, it's just, I think sometimes, um, I think it's, it makes it easier to fall into victim mentality mm-hmm. because then people, then you get sympathy and that can feel like connection, like that can feel like a really juicy substitute for connection, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. You know, whereas if someone was like, hey, these are all my strengths. These feel really good. It's like, oh, they don't need me. They don't need my, it can, it can almost feel like the way that we deal with strengths and claiming our own strengths can almost feel like we're creating a disconnect from other people because people, when we're, when we're not with people who understand it, Right. And it really is like, it's work. Like you're really going to find the most amount of people who are like, I can confidently claim what I'm good at, have done a lot of work to let go of Mm -hmm. some of the victim stuff and let go of like, oh no, I'm going to sound arrogant or I'm going to sound off-putting. I'm going to sound like an asshole. I'm going to sound like whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I just think, I just think it's also kind of what society feeds into. Oh, I agree. And I think, you know, especially with social media, I think a lot, a lot of people are seeking reassurance 
Yeah. About where they are in their lives. Yeah. You know, and when you were talking, we were talking about celebrating. It's one of the things I talked about this in my seminar on confidence where we don't celebrate enough. We don't yeah. celebrate our wins because what are we doing as a society? We're always focused on the next thing. Mm-hmm. We don't take time to be proud of something that we've achieved. We don't take time to say, look how far I've come in my life. Yeah. Look at who I am. But also it's how you deliver it to people. So it's not bragging, but if I do something that's wonderful, I'll, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, guess what I did today? You know, and- People get caught up in that excitement. And I think there's a big difference with when you know your worth, you won't have to say, hey, this might sound like bragging. Right. But instead you're like, hey, guess what I did? And you Mm -hmm. want other people to celebrate that achievement. Yes. Um, So we're coming up on the hour. And I want to thank both of you. I think this has been an awesome discussion today. Liza, thank you very much. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. And Angela, thank you again. Yes, thank you. That I still can't get over the nine time negative. Um, that's, that's like what I'm thinking about the most. Like that's like the most yeah. blown away thing. Um, but I I want to thank the listeners too as well. You know, this was very insightful, very empowering. I think in a lot of ways. And I know that both you, Liza and Angela, I, I hope something sparks something inside of people today when they hear this, and really have a passion for discovering more about yourself. You know, knowing your worth. Um, for our March podcast, I'm going to talk about self-acceptance mm. and also a about having a healthy self-worth. So I'm going to work with two individuals in the fitness industry. So we're going to talk about how being healthy, eating right, exercising, and accepting who you are is, is very valuable. Um, so you're not going to want to miss it. So thank you again. Um, and listeners, please let other people know about these podcasts and to listen to them, especially today was... I'm blown away today. I want to thank everyone and I'm sending everyone light and love. This is Coach Chris signing off.